Welcome to Salcedo Paranormal. It is Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. And tonight, today, I will be reviewing three more stories from H.P. Lovecraft, The Complete Fiction. As always, you can find all the episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me, um, at the podcast page. And that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about those experiences. And uh, I will do one more show um, tomorrow, same time, uh, 1, uh, 1 a.m. Eastern on Friday and or 10 p.m. Pacific Thursday. Uh, and uh, I'll be doing just um, finding some more true paranormal stories from the web to uh, close out this last week of shows for basically for this year. It'll be... Um, I, I will most probably come back on New Year's Day and or New Year's Eve that uh, night morning time there, and uh, but uh, depends on how the book goes that I'm working on. Uh, we'll see. So, but either way, um, tomorrow will be the last one for a little while. But uh, and I still um, will be doing um, other appearances as they come up if they if they do come up. On other shows, but um, at least uh, for as far as my own show goes, tomorrow will be the last one for a little while. So um, I've been reviewing this book for a while, this um, H.P. Lovecraft, The Complete Fiction. And um, so I'm getting closer to the end. I have, I think, around nine more hours to listen to <clears throat> um, out of the 48 um yeah uh, thank you uh matt says take a break you deserve it uh yeah it's it's partly for family gatherings to start with and then um yeah to work on that book i'd love to finish that soon um so but uh so i've been listening to this book for a while and uh i'm getting close to the end but still have several more stories to listen to and so there'll probably be an another two or three shows um left to finish that uh, reviewing that book, but it has been an amazing experience. I had heard of Lovecraft before, of course, but never had read any of his stuff um, until some friends, including uh, Derek, in the chat there, um, got me into it, and uh, I'm really glad that they did because it's been just um, the stories there are so amazing. It's a lot of it is could almost be considered science fiction without the technology is how I like to think of it in a lot of cases kind of um then it's also horror and um so horror stories scary stories kind of thing and a lot of the paranormal uh supernatural as well so anyway so I have three stories that I'll be talking about tonight so I will get to reviewing this first one here and uh see here get to the file 
So this first one is The Horror at Red Hook. And um, let's see here. So looking at this file, just got to find the, uh, there we go. So it starts with a uh, detective by the name of Malone who um, was on duty in this town or this area, I'm sorry, of um, Brooklyn, apparently in New York, I believe, that led to him having a fear of large buildings. And um, he tells a story basically about how it all started. He was working in this waterfront area um, called the slum in there in the story, uh, talking about the... Uh, crime and the gangs and uh hinting at sort of the occult being present in the area <clears throat> and um and so he was Malone was hired or well, was sent to work on this case of regarding uh Robert Sodam S E Y D A M um and this is what led to um to him being involved in this area um so let's see here i'm just gonna say sidams uh that's that's how i say his name because i don't know how else to say it uh so his his personality changes suddenly in the uh as witnessed by locals in the area he was known as a um recluse but he was seen around town looking younger and more active and um turns out uh he is also at this time um become engaged to a um fiance up in up in the, the higher levels of the social structure but also at the same time there's an increase in local kidnappings which lead to a police raid, which Malone is a, a part. Uh, Malone is part of. Um, but this raid doesn't find doesn't uh, give anything useful to uh, this case, except for a few um, strange inscriptions in Sidan's uh, um, loft or not loft. Um, what do you call it? Flat. There we go. That's the word. So, um, after this, Sidam gets married, and he and his bride leave on a ship. Um, and according to witnesses, there's a scream that is heard. And when the crew enters uh, Sidam's stateroom, they find this married couple, uh, both dead, with claw marks on their their remains um and later on some men from another ship come on board and uh claim Sidam's body so um and this is all just being related throughout the story here so Malone enters Sidam's flat to see what he can find in relation to everything that's been going on and um, he finds a um, a door in this in this basement 
that basically breaks open and pulls him inside somehow. And when he's while he's in there, he witnesses people um, who are making uh, human sacrifices. And all of this, along with the ritual that um, brings Saidam back to life. And, um, and then, of course, in the story, now this is something that happens in, in some of Lovecraft's stories. It's sort of a, um, an element that is repeated that you can find once you've gone through enough of them. Um, Malone um, it, uh, passes out, goes unconscious. And he's found in the basement of Sidan's flat, which has caved in above him, um, killing everyone else inside except for him. And that the the tunnels and chambers that were uncovered in the raids were filled in and um, with cement. And uh, even though Malone uh, believes that the and notices that the threat to Red Hook is still around, and in the form of this, basically a cult presence that drove these uh, these events. So, and that's where that story ends. So, um, it really does kind of leave off with um, almost a cliffhanger in a way. Um, and or some would just call it a good horror story ending, which, um, which is how some stories go. Uh, really funny, kind of kind of funny story about how that works. Real quick, it cracks me up now. Um, is so for those that don't know, I've done some writing of um, fiction over the years, and uh, one of my two novels that are are actually still out technically on Amazon. <laughs> um I don't like plugging my own stuff really, but even though I've been told I should do that more. Um it is called From Unknown and it's a it's a horror story. Basically it's a horror novel. Um science fiction mixed with the paranormal. And of course I'm not going to say much about the story except to say that it does have a similar kind of um, ending where everything is not quite okay. Uh, so, and I've had, um, I won't say who, but they'll probably know if they hear this, um, that I'm talking about them. Uh, someone that I know that that didn't care for that kind of ending. They wanted me to continue writing the story and um, and basically conclude it with a more pleasant ending. And uh, so, and of course, I've had to tell them, uh, no, I'm sorry. That's how the story ends. I, I, I don't really have any desire to, to write any more to it because that's how, that, it ends the way it ends. There's something about that when you, um, any, I, I think anyone that does works on anything, um, in a creative way, can tell you that sometimes when it's over, it's it's over. It's done. At least, unless someday eventually you get another idea of how to continue it. But until that happens, it's over. So, anyway, just uh, kind of funny how things 
things remind me of things uh, process of process of doing these shows but uh yeah so anyway uh moving on to the next story here um so this next one is a bit shorter let's see here let's kind of get to that file or into the page this one is another short story like i said it's shorter than the first one and it's called the hound and um let's see here so the story let's see here okay here we go it starts with an unnamed uh narrator which is chaman talking about um how afraid he is about or of something that he believes that's weird just heard a weird sound that believes uh <laughs> is out to kill him that's that's not ominous hearing a strange sound as i'm saying that but anyway so um the narrator and his friend uh who is in the story i'm guessing this is the last name it's called saint john which i've heard of that before last name is being saint whatever um as the last name so the narrator and saint john are a pair of um basically outsiders loners in many ways although they work together um have this deranged interest in grave robbing and so they constantly dig into crypts and graves and often keep uh, keep items from these graves as souvenirs. So this is already a dark story, and uh, so they're in. They live in the same house as well. Um, so they have a sort of a museum uh, regarding based based from all these these little um, trips that they go on, and so they're also into. Uh, so they arrange a private exhibition of these items, and uh, for other people to come and see who are also into these things. These um, this museum consists of, of course, headstones, preserved bodies, skulls, and of course, several heads in different phases of decay. But um. This also includes uh, statues, strange paintings, and a uh, locked portfolio that appears to be bound in human skin, which is lovely. Um, so the story focuses on one day where they learn of a grave that um, is of an old grave in a, a cemetery nearby that holds a, holds a legendary tomb raider inside it. So someone like them. And this, um, this tomb raider is said to have stolen a, a powerful item from a mighty, uh, t from a, from a, um, a powerful tomb, another powerful person's tomb, basically. Implying magic, I think, in a way. So they travel to this area, and uh, they they dig up the grave of this former 
grave robber. So and um so yeah, they're they're really into this because of the I guess the the connection to the one that they're they're digging up. And um so this person though had apparently this there's a story, this grave robber was alive centuries before. And um and so they uh once they reach the old cemetery they find or they hear the the um howling of a giant hound. Um but they ignore it and start digging. Uh and then eventually they hit a solid object deep in the ground and they clear the last of the the soil. Excuse me. And the two men um dig up this casket which is elaborate and um very well made apparently. And they see that in several places in the, the skeletal remains they appear to be torn and shattered as if attacked by a wild animal. But the um the skeleton is still completely there. And uh attached to the skeleton, um hanging around its neck is this amulet. And so they they realize that this is one uh an amulet mentioned um in the Necronomicon, which is a book that appears in a lot of Lovecraft stories. And so they know that they've they've found the item that was said to be extremely powerful. And they um so of course they want it and so they remove it from the skeleton and then leave. And as they're leaving, they notice again the sound of a howling uh hound off in the distance. So they return home, uh, and that's when, of course, strange things start to happen around their home. This howling starts happening outside their house, and there's other odd sounds that can be heard outside and inside the house. Um, and then one night, St. John is attacked and killed by um, something that the narrator claims the amulet had basically summoned. So the narrator destroyed this museum before um, leaving the house and traveling away, um, hoping to escape this, this uh, whatever this is that's going on here. And but there's still these strange sounds that keeps keeps surrounding him, and so he travels back to, I guess it was the country of Holland, which is where the the grave was at. Um, and so he travels there, but along the way, the amulet amulet is stolen from him mysteriously. Um, and uh. So the next day he finds in the newspaper a story about a band of thieves that were apparently killed by an unknown creature. 
And um, so the narrator uh, goes through, goes back to this graveyard and digs up that same grave again. And um, this time the, the um, remains in the, the, uh, the coffin are not as they were. It's almost like it might not even be the same, um, the same person buried in there because there, there, there is more of the of a body there than there was the first time. And along with that, there is the amulet. Um, let's see, what was it? Yeah, let me see here. I I believe I'm right here. So. Um, and so the, the narrator, um, flees the area and, uh, he's, he's afraid that whatever this is that has been killing people is after him. <clears throat> and, um, so that's what he believes is, uh, is after him and what killed his friend. And that that's where the story ends. So. Get another one of those stories with the uh, just a a wonderful ending, of course, sarcasm. But anyway, so but amazing story almost makes you wonder who exactly was in that grave again, and how did they get there? Was it the same person that was in there before? But then, how do you explain the different state of the remains? Um, just a lot of questions left in that story. So, but, uh, yeah, so that's that story. I have one more to go here. And, um, this is, this one is called The Lurking Fear. Um, it really is amazing to me how, how, um, someone can write so many stories and still come up with different titles for all these stories. Um, and have them be relevant, but also not identical <laughs> in some ways. So, um, but so this is a short story again, um, and it. But this one again comes in chapters. So the story starts in 1921, um, and uh, when uh, Monster Hunter, that the the story does not name goes to a place called Tempest Mountain, which is which is in the Catskills range, um, because of reports of many attacks by a group of unidentified creatures um, attacking the local population there. And um, this has reached the media, and so this is what has brought this... Uh, Monster Hunter to the location. Also, a month before that, there had been an, an, um, a really strong, unusually strong thunderstorm in this area, who or that went through the area, the region, and destroyed many uh, homes. Apparently, um, but when the Monster Hunter looked at this, these homes. Um, he was, he decided that 
And he realized that maybe they weren't destroyed just by the storm. They were actually destroyed by this uh, enraged beast. And so this um, this area was home to uh, only 75 people, but the entire area was completely destroyed. And everyone in who lived in this area were also apparently deceased after this whole thing. So um, this hunter uh, talked to everyone else in the surrounding areas, um, and he found out that a lot of the the stories and legends surrounding this area are about a a mansion. Um, it's known by a fa- or owned by a family with the last name of Mar- Martens, which is a um, it's been there for a over a hundred years, but it's been um, it's been abandoned for many years as well. So the hunter takes two uh, companions as bodyguards and goes to the mansion at night. And uh, and of course, while they are inside this mansion, um, they uh, a storm shows up. So this monster hunter stays in the room of Jan Martens, who was a member of the family that was believed to have been killed. And despite um, despite having taking turns keeping watch, uh, basically one awake while the two were asleep, and being armed. The group eventually all fell asleep, which is an odd thing that you do hear about happening in some cases in paranormal encounters. So that's a, an interesting detail there. Um, but the hunter woke up at one point to find that both of his, his um, basically his bodyguards were missing. And when he was, um, and then of course this was surprising and what there was a flash of lightning that revealed a giant shadow um that was uh cast on the mansion's chimney and uh neither of his neither of this hunter's companions were ever found again so um so this was of course traumatizing so the hunter um, continued the investigation after leaving um, the area, and he explained what was going on to a local journalist with the name of uh, Monroe. And um, so Monroe agreed after hearing the whole story to help. And the two, the hunter and then Monroe, searched the area for clues to the whole situation and, and this possibly murder um, this creature that was killing people and possible remains of the family, the Martens family itself. Um, there's no no sign of the family, but apparently there is an ancestral diary that once belonged to them. Um, and this whole time, this uh, monster hunter 
uh, has a feeling of being watched. So he and uh, Monroe eventually are trapped by another thunderstorm and um, find an abandoned cabin in the area. And uh, so the the two are stuck in this cabin and uh, there's this thunderbolt that comes down or that goes across the sky and Monroe walks over to the window to look at the damage. The storm clears up, but Monroe never moved away from the window. And when the hunt when the hunter tried to to um get Monroe to turn back around, it turns out Monroe is dead as well. Apparently um having been killed by a direct attack um to his basically his head and um face by some something from outside. So um having at this point this is going several weeks into this um investigation this monster hunter is not telling anyone else about what's going on at this point um but still researching what the, the history of this family so this hunter goes back to this mountain after fleeing the area again um and he's convinced at this point after all this research that the um this whatever this creature is it's connected to the martens family and in fact he believes that it is the ghost of jan martens which is odd i never heard of a monster ghost in that sense but uh, also i've heard of uh, similar things bigfoot um uh dogmen being able to uh teleport or vanish and reappear and vanish um, somewhat like a ghost, so that is somewhat like that, I guess. So he finds out in this research that the mansion that was abandoned, of course, was built by uh, the first Martens in the area. His first name I'm not going to try to say. Um, he was a Dutch merchant from New Amsterdam um, who uh, basically was... He moved to this uh, remote location and put the mansion there um, to get away from from the rest of the people uh, uh, colonizing North America at that time. So this is apparently back during the around the time of the um, pre. That probably doesn't say I don't think, but I'm guessing based on that pre-American Revolution. So, around that era. Um, and it mentions that in this area, from then on, the family grew, but it also stayed isolated from the outside world. And, um, and of course, they, they um, started to... Part of how they were able to grow was they started um, basically marrying and mating with the various other kind of outcasts and some servants from the, the mansion and throughout the area. And so this, this entire family group uh, grew and spread out across the valley and uh, eventually became the, um, 
the entire population of that area basically basically considered mountain men. But the core family stuck to the mansion and um, and became became or began isolating themselves even from the rest of the community. Um, and so this uh, Martens, the original one, uh, joined the colonial army, and he was the only person, apparently, to leave the area. Um, I, I think they mean Jay, uh, Jan Martens here at this point, I'm guessing. But um, one of the members of that family, anyway, left the area, and um, he was the only one of the family to ever do that. But once he came back, he found that he was now treated as an outsider, and so made plans to leave, um, which he told his friend about in letters, which is how the monster hunter um, found out about all this. So, um, the, see here, so, uh, I'm sorry about this one second here. So the, the letters stopped after a while when, uh, Martin's friend visited the mansion. Okay. In 1763. So, um, Martin's friend was told that he had been struck by lightning during a thunderstorm. Uh, so it was Jan. Jan's friend didn't believe this because of the um, correspondence not matching up to the date of the supposed death, and also because of the sort of the way the family was acting. And so, um, the the uh, family was investigated by local authorities regarding the the death of their of um of Jan Mart Martens but um there was not not enough evidence for a conviction and eventually the this extended family disappeared from the area area entirely except for uh, leaving nothing basically except their buildings and once in a while a light being seen in the mansion. Um, the last time this was seen was in 1810. So, eventually, in uh, about six years later, uh, a group of concerned local citizens checked out the, air, the mansion and found that the family had disappeared. And the mansion was basically um, starting to, to uh, fall apart. And, uh, so let's see here. So the hunter at this point found his way to the mansion again. And, um, looking for evidence of all of this and, and maybe of what was going on with this, uh, this ghost. He, um, went to the, the grave of Jan Martens and dug, dug it up. But instead of finding a, a body, he found a, um, an entrance to a tunnel. And so he traveled through this tunnel and eventually came across some kind of goblin-like creature who was in the shadows and um, 
he uh the um this figure is in shadow because the the hunter only has a small flashlight but there's a, a lightning strike that actually hits in the tunnel in between um the the hunter and then this creature and um when it fades the creature is not there but the hunter can see this um red glare uh from the distance and apparently it is um turns out it's a burning cabin with one of the creatures inside of it so let's see here how much more i have to go okay last chapter good um so so of course and after that the story really is about this hunter being going back to check out more and more in this area and then having more and more frightening things happen than leaving and then coming back so um so eventually uh the hunter did did return and found that the the grave that he had dug up and the entrance to that tunnel had caved in due to the storm and so he eventually starts to look into the rest of the area and finds these strange mounds that surround the mansion and he realizes that the mounds are tunnels made by not one but multiple creatures so he digs his way into the this tunnel network through um by basically digging into the mansion cellar and so yeah there's a series of tunnels and of course another thunderstorm approaches so there's all these thunderstorms that are going on whenever these things are happening and um one, I guess, could say it's just for effect, but it doesn't seem like that. It seems like there is some kind of direct connection between these unusually strong thunderstorms and all this activity going on. So he, um, when he's in these tunnels, he finds a smaller member of this group of these creatures. He finds several of them. Um, and witnesses this attack of or on this weaker creature by the others surrounding it and so this hunter decides he's going to try to um to to kill the the one of these creatures to prove to figure find out what it is and so he does that and when he when he um does that it kills the creature and it turns out that these almost bigfoot like creatures but more almost devolved beyond that um are basically the uh this family this martens who somehow uh have devolved probably due to their isolation um into these creatures so it's not ghost after all in a way it's just this isolated group of people that somehow change into these creatures. And I wonder if it's partly because of that storm um, as well. It doesn't really go into a lot of details. But um, 
so of course he flees the area again and uh he's afraid now that these creatures like this 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 uh family could be anywhere so and that's where that one ends so anyway that is the last of the the stories here and uh so of course there's more that i will share in the next review episode which at this point will be in uh january but uh but yeah so um i think that's it for today and uh thank you all for being here and listening and um i will be back tomorrow with one more episode uh before i take a week off maybe two at the most and then we'll go from there so until tomorrow uh i will talk to you then on the next episode of salcedo paranormal take care everyone